Hi, I'm Melanie Barr. Welcome to the She Built It Experience with Melanie. You're here because you want to experience the life and business that you crave. Join me as I talk to women who have successfully built it, a career and business that they love. We dive into the topic of how they built it and talk about everything from having the courage to make career leaps to the details of how to lead effectively, create successful teams, implement strategies for growth, and infuse tech innovation. Magic happens when we focus on the part of ourselves and our business that brings us joy. So let's dive in. Dr. Anissa Riley has been in education for over 30 years. For just under the last 15, she's been the principal of an elementary school. She is currently the president of Giant Step 6 LLC, the author of the book, Five Buckets of Leadership Speaking in the Moment, and the host of the Ask Dr. Riley Show, which can be found on Fox Soul Weekly. Dr. Riley, thank you for joining us today. You are a principal, business owner, author, and show host. What gives you the courage each day to keep moving forward in all that you do? Thank you for that. Each one of us are provided with special talents. There is an account in the Bible that talks about one was given one talent, one was given five talents, one was given 10 talents. And depending on what each one did and they returned to the master with it, they received a feedback, whether they did good, well, well done, or they were called wicked because that is how I live my life. And that's my lifestyle. I know that the talents that I'm given, I need to be able to multiply them. So I'll hear well done, that good and faithful servant. That's such good advice. And that's what makes us beautiful. All of our unique talents and abilities is what makes us who we are. And we're all different. We all want to do different things and we all want to live our lives in different ways. Mm -hmm. And I want to make sure that everyone knows if you are the one that has a one talent or you're the one that has five or the people that have 20, it doesn't matter. You are capable of just as much as the person that has one, as the person that has five, do your talent, work your talent, and make sure that your talent is the best when you give it to humanity and give it back to humanity. Sometimes we get in a lane and we don't think we can change. We think this has become who I am. So it's great that we can pivot in those moments and say, okay, maybe I did this. Maybe I want to do something else in addition, or maybe I want to do something else completely. Yes. Also, I want to highlight the fact Along those lines, social media has gotten us into the space of comparison and comparing. You may think that what you have to offer or what you've been blessed with is not enough because you're constantly on social media, comparing, looking at what other people are doing, looking at other people may be succeeding. And you may think that you're not good enough, but you are because all you have is all you need. You have all you need right inside. You were born with the talent. You were born with the gifts. Whether it's one gift, as I said, or two gifts, those gifts are for you because you have a plan for the people that you have been blessed to serve. And if that one talent changes and you want to do something else with that one talent, go ahead and do it. Have freedom. I don't know if it makes sense, but I'll give you permission to be free. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yes. Yes. And we've all been there in the scroll where we think, okay, I have to put my phone down and I can't because you see other people doing something that you want to do and you just put it down, walk away, you know, have trust and belief in yourself. Yes. And I think that's why affirmations are becoming so popular and, and people are grounding themselves in affirmations because you start off saying, I am, and you're coming from a place of abundance versus a place of deficit. When people are saying the I am affirmations and the leaning into that, then it generates this positivity in your life and you begin to see and believe and do. And so, yeah, 
I am. So true. I love your outlook. Thank you. You moved from trauma to triumph. Yes. What were your experiences and how were you able to do it? We've been able to verbalize it, right? Give it, give it a name. People are now understanding trauma and uh, it's becoming a normalized verbiage in our society, trauma, because before it was, mm, what's wrong with you? And it was all of this negative connotations assigned to someone who experienced traumatic events, but we didn't call them traumatic events. But now that we know that these events can cause trauma, how do we move past them? Because what I found, and I'm glad that I hadn't become a statistic, is that we get paralyzed and we experience this trauma paralysis. And for something that happened maybe 20, 30, 40 years ago, I know people that are 72 that are still paralyzed by an event that happened to them when they were eight. But I also know people who experience what I would say most horrific traumatic events, but their lives are so successful. They are living this beautiful life and they have taken that trauma and been triumphant. And so I said, let me go on this journey. And what I found in that journey is that you heard about the person after everything happened and you see the person in their beautified state or healed state. And I never really saw anyone or knew any person that said, while you're in it, you can still be triumphant. You don't have to be downtrodden. You can still see the sunlight at the end of the tunnel while you're still in it. That is my life's work because I believe everybody is either going through a storm coming out of a storm or in the middle of a storm. At some point in your life, that's going to continue to happen. So even though you may be out of one big storm, gear up because another one is coming. And what do you do? It's so true because we all have these things that we push down in our lives. And it's interesting when they bubble up and sometimes they can bubble up when you least expect it. And take something weight loss, someone who's lost massive amounts of weight, you see them at their first size, and then you see them having lost weight. But we don't always see, you're right, their transformation. Mm -hmm. And that just makes us all relatable to each other because exactly what you said, we're all going through something. And I'm glad we can now talk about it. Yes, and I'm glad that society is becoming more open and hearing that. That's why we're now labeling mental illness. There's mental health issues, right? I think it's because we weren't allowed to talk, that we stuffed it all down, that we were told to keep going. And especially we as women, we just keep going and we keep giving and we want to be super women and we just give and give and give. And unfortunately, it's at the detriment of ourselves. But knowing that we can talk about it and knowing that we can have success and knowing that we're not alone adds to the mental health on the positive side that we also desperately need. You are the author of Five Buckets of Leadership, Speaking in the Moment. In your experience, what is the most important aspect of leadership? The first thing that comes to mind is knowing yourself. You as a leader must know who you are, must know your pain points, must know your limits, your boundaries, your parameters, and then know where your gaps are. Because if you are clear about what you are capable of doing and what you need some assistance with, then you can be a better leader. I always say that every leader needs a coach. So if your coach does not have a coach, then you have the wrong coach. Great advice. And I say the same thing with the leader. So if you have a leader 
who isn't a follower, who isn't leading someone else, whether that be through books or videos, or they actually have an in-person person, then you don't have the right leader. So you start to question that leader. And that leader who has that mentor is going to help him or her be more solidified in who she or he is and help them with their blind spots, which is extremely important. And if you think about it, professional athletes have coaches. Like, why shouldn't everyone have one in life and business? Yes. I say that about Michael Phelps all the time. Michael Phelps is the person that I kind of refer to a lot when I talk about this. Prior to his last Olympic run, he was already made history. He was already swimming at his top, at his best. But when you listen to him, he says, if I didn't surrender to his last coach, he would have not been historical. He wouldn't have made this historical moments at the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And so you sit there and you go, wow, Michael, you're right. He did things in his last run. He broke barriers in his Olympic swim. Tell us about your experience as a principal. As you're a teacher or assistant principal, sometimes you think, what is the next step? And the next step is becoming a principal. Like you want to advance in your career. Or you could have this mindset of, I want to change education. I want to have influence over the learning environment for students. I want to make sure it's equitable, fair. And I think my want or my desire to become a principal encompassed probably all of that, but it was really with an air of naivete because as much as I was instructionally sound, as much as I was um, a great leader, as much as I knew about systems and structures, I wasn't prepared for the political aspect of the position. No one really told me, and I don't think no one really shares that the position is extremely political. You know, the superintendent's position is political. You know that. But I don't think you are really aware of how political it is. Nine times out of 10, it's really not about instruction. It's really not about that. And I see how you would want to focus on the educational piece and the children's growth piece. And having that political piece would change the role of it. Changes it so much. It changes the whole dynamics. And if you are not cognizant of that, if you're not aware of that, and if you're not balancing the instructional slash educational piece with the political aspect, then it's going to create in you the opportunity to question your morals and slant your moral compass if you're not grounded. I've seen many people go against what they believe in. I've seen many people get jaded because they weren't able to balance this political aspect of it. And now that we are coming to the tail end of the pandemic, we saw how political education was. And now coming back, how do you balance that? So I say all that to say that I enjoy my time um, as being a principal. And I'm glad that I was able to make impact in my 17 years of doing the work. But at some point, you know, okay, now it's time for me to add value in other ways. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to add value in other ways. So I'm moving on from being a principal of 17 years of an elementary school and assisting others, principals, because leadership trauma is real. You are the owner of Giant Step Six. What gave you the courage to launch it? And what do you like the most about what you do? So going back to my story about a coach, I have a coach um, and uh, his name is Dennis McKeezy. He is the CEO of 
OSG, the official off-school grounds, which is really a coalition of politicians, educators that come together to help change the narrative of children. He's been my coach for the last 10 years. He began speaking to me and pushing my thinking about, so what's next? You're not going to continue to be a principal for the rest of your life. That's not going to happen. We know that. Whether you believe it or not, it's just not going to happen because at one point you will retire. So what are you going to do next? How are you going to give back? And so in our conversations, we started just thinking about it. He caused me to dream again, to envision again, to think about how I can have a bigger impact from those conversations was born Giant Step 6. So Giant Step is really about taking that leap, taking that giant step into where you want to go. No, no baby steps, no little, no itty bitty steps, no tiny steps, but take a giant step and just go for it. And the six just happens to mean on two levels. Six represents the number in my immediate family, me, my husband, and my four children. So that's six of us. So I'm taking this giant step for the six of us. And then the number six also is the ways in which I coach. So there's six steps in coaching to help people take their giant step forward. I love the name and the meaning behind it. And isn't it so interesting how we have to take time and space to dream? Because you think I have thoughts about what I want to do next, but it's really in that space and the quiet moments and working with someone that will help you get to that place. You know, we have to take time because we get so consumed with what we're busy doing with social media. We're always distracted it's really good to take that time because our lives change. And as our lives change, we change. Yes. You begin to see things differently and your vision expands. You begin to see different opportunities and different visions from other people that expand yours or make you question, why did I ever think like that? Why did I, why did I never think about that? You asked the question, have you ever wondered how pros are able to provide quick, succinct, and intelligent answers in high-pressure environments? What do they know that someone else might not? They know who they are. That question comes from the why of why I wrote the book, The Five Buckets of Leadership, Speaking in the Moment, because you look at leaders who are in the spotlight or on stage, public speaking, it appears that they're always able to be clear and succinct and have the right answer. So if you find yourself in, they always have the right answer. Or how do you always know what to say? That comes out of the fact that they are clear about their vision and what they want and their message. If you listen, they're not saying anything new. They're given the same message, but they're packaging it for their audience. They may have three message points that they are clear about, That's who they are. That's what their brand is about. That's how they lead. So they're not leading from 15 different places. For me, I know that I'm a leader around trauma, trauma leadership. So I'm going to talk about trauma. I'm going to share about trauma. And depending on who the audience is, how I will package, how I deliver that message. And so that's what good leaders do. That's what succinct leaders do. If you look, listen to any CEO of a company, like the most successful CEOs, so when you look and listen to Apple, Amazon CEO, Nike CEO. I was thinking Nike. Just do it as it Let's relates it. to, you know, sports or as it relates to business or as it relates to life. So really good advice for messaging. Yeah, that's it. There's just you knowing what your message is and being clear. So whenever anyone 
questions you or asks you, you're not trying to be arbitrary and capricious, but you're messaging. And the same message that Nike's going to have for the multi-million dollar investor, they're going to say the same exact thing to the five-year-old, but they're going to package it so that the five-year-old understands what just do it means. And they're going to package it for that hedge fund investor. That's the key. I ask this question at the end of every episode because I believe it's so important to intentionally bring joy into our daily lives. Magic happens when we focus on the part of ourselves and our business that brings us joy. What is one way that you make sure to find and live your joy each day? Yes. One thing I've learned is that I'll get really overwhelmed sometimes because I want to do so much and help so many people. And if I feel like I'm not doing it on my self-imposed timeline. I've learned that, Anissa, if it doesn't get done today, yo, it'll get done tomorrow. And in that, because I've learned that that's a trauma response, that, uh, I've learned that that's a trauma response of mine. I've learned to take a deep breath and enjoy the present moment and let tomorrow take care of tomorrow. So enjoy today, be present today, and what you can do today, you do today. And in that release and in that permission and in that grace that I've given myself, I'm such so much more relaxed, so much more joyful. And it's coming from the inside and the peace is there. And I feel so uptight. I love it. You can enjoy the moments and experience them. Yes. You are building an incredible business and have had an incredible career. Thank you for joining us today. Can you please share with us how and where we can find you? If there are educators out there who need some assistance and would like someone to coach them to be their strategic think partner, you can go right to my website, giantstep6llc.com. You can email me at info at giantstep6llc.com and I'll gladly reach back out and we can talk about how I can assist you in being triumphant in your trauma. Thank you for joining us today. I'd love to hear from you. Reach out to me at hello at shebuiltit.com on our She Built It website or at She Built It on social. Thank you to my editor, Rich Streffolino, who always makes us sound good. Until next time, let nothing stop you from experiencing the life and business that you crave. 